Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Wisdom, a study through Proverbs. If I had to title today's talk, I would title it, Say What? Say What? And I want to talk about the power of our words, and I want to talk about what we say, and just uh, the impact that our words have. Proverbs 13, 3, whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruins. Proverbs 14, 3, by the mouth of a fool comes a rod to his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Words carry so much impact and influence. Words carry so much weight and so much power. With our words, we can build up. We can motivate. We, we can encourage with our words, but with our words, we, we can tear down. We can devastate. We can crush a person's soul. And I was pondering this last Sunday as I flew out to Kansas City. And as I was sitting on the plane, I was like, you know, we, we were lied to with so many of the rhymes of yesterday. Sticks and stones may break my bones. That's a lie. Words will never hurt me. And as I was flying out, I was like, sticks and stones may break my bones. They hurt, but eventually heal. But words can paralyze and crush the heart. They hurt and eventually kill. And, and we're told throughout Proverbs just so much about the power of what we say. Some of us are sitting here today, Mike, and we're sitting here today with the scars of the hurtful words of other people. Somebody said something. Somebody dogged us. Somebody damaged us along the way. Proverbs says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs also says that when words are many, Sin is not absent. So we know in our own journey, we know through our own experiences that words can bring healing and words can bring hurt. What we say, how we say it, when we say it, the tone, it can bring hurt or it can bring healing. I read the other day that the first thing some people do in the morning is brush their teeth and sharpen their tongues. And the sad narrative is people present themselves in that way. Now, I want to unpackage this, and I want you to jog with me for a few moments. And I want you to think about this, that everything that exists today, everything that you see came about as a result of word. Everything, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, we read, God said, God called, God blessed. God said it, God called it, bam, he opens his mouth. And all of the worlds in which we see and don't see came into existence. It's like the old brother years ago that said that God reached out where there was nowhere to reach and God called something where there was nothing and slung something into nowhere and told it to stay there. And it did. And he took the hammer of his will and he smote the anvil of his omnipotence and 
He caught the sparks on his fingertips, and he flipped them into space, and he, and he called them stars. Everything that we see, God said, God called, God blessed. Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. God called the expanse heaven. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the earth. God created man in his image, and the image of God created us intentionally, 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 male and female. He created us, and God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to stop. I want you to think about this. God gave you and I the same capacity being made in his image. You and I have the same capacity to speak forth words that are creative, that are powerful, and are life-giving. God made us in his image. God created us in his image. And as a result of the image of God being stamped on our, our lives, one of the ways that we get to reflect that, Craig, and represent God is through our words. It's a gift. What we say, how we say it, when we say it, we have the ability to speak, to say, to call things into existence. We have the ability, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We have the ability to either edify, identify, and multiply according to the likeness and image of God, or we have the power to devastate and ruin those around us. Three words I'll play on. God said, the word is edify or edification. When you study the scripture, the word edify in the Bible is always connected with building up. It's so important to be connected in a small group. It's so important to be connected in a community of believers. And when we do so, we have the opportunity to build each other up. When God spoke, things came into existence. When God spoke, he built up. And as we meditate and memorize the word of God, we're being built up. The one thing you cannot take away from an individual is a person who's been established and rooted in the word of God. Grass withers, flowers fade. The word remains forever. When we get into the word of God and the word of God gets into us, it starts to build us up. It starts to strengthen us. Because of sin, we were born into the world defeated. We were numb. We were dead, Ephesians 2 says. But because of Jesus and him rescuing us from the domain of darkness and transferring us into the kingdom of light, now through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to receive truth, the word of God. And when we receive the word of God, it starts to build us up and strengthen us because it takes us from the logical to the theological, and it takes us from functioning in the natural to the supernatural. When we are being built up, it's amazing what happens. 
You see, our hearts and our minds begin to be saturated with truth. And as a result, we can come alongside others. And we can speak creative, powerful, life-giving truth to other people. Uh, we're going to break it down. Edification is what we speak, it's what we say, and it's what we cultivate in others. You can see the difference in people that were built up, people that were loved and people that had words of correction and direction spoken into them. You, you can see a difference in them compared to those who were shamed and condemned and, and beat down. You see, every day, every day we have the opportunity and ability to build up instead of beat down. We have the ability to speak life and not dog other people. And our words can be beautiful or they can be brutal. Think about it. Think about your last 24 hours. Think about where you've been. Think about words that were spoken to you. Think about words that you spoke to other people. Tim said, I had a prof at Grace College and Seminary when I was up in Indiana, Dan Snively. I'd only been there for about three months as a student. I was 25 years old when I went back. He was the dean of students. And Dan called me into his office one day. He said, hey, I want to grab some time. We were sipping a cup of coffee, and he goes, hey, here's what I want to tell you. I said, yes, sir. He said, your words carry more influence than any other student on this campus. And I'm like, seriously? He goes, people are watching you. You are such a bold, strong, outspoken follower of Christ. And he said, I want you to understand the importance of how much weight your words carry. That was a sobering thing. I said, Dan, has something been said? Did I, did I say something? He goes, no, I've been watching you, but I just want you to know how much power is connected with your words. And the same thing happens for us as parents. God said, we say. God said, then God called. This is a huge piece of it right here for me. Everything that God made, God identified. That would be the second word. God identified, and he gave Adam the same power in the garden. Adam, I'm going to give you the power to identify and name the animals. What do you want to call it? What do you want to say to it? Identification will lead to identity. And identification will lead to destiny. What we say, how we say it, when we say it. A person who walks in freedom or a person who walks in bondage is often the result of the words spoken and how they reacted to them. You think about your parents, you think about your siblings, you think about teachers, you think about coaches, you think about other influential people in your life. And if they spoke words of blessing that were building you up, you probably walk around with a sense of security. Life has purpose. But if those key people in your life, parents, siblings, coaches, whatever, spoke condescending words to you of shame and beat you down, you probably walked around feeling inadequate. You didn't measure up. And the power of how 
our words carry so much weight and influence is crucial, but how we speak to ourselves is so important. So much bondage today is based on even how we speak to ourselves. If you wrote down two simple words, I am, and then blank, how you fill in the blank will oftentimes determine whether you're living in victory or whether you're living in defeat. It's amazing as I've thought through this and seen people. I am fat, ugly, dumb, good for nothing. I am not valued. My life doesn't have any purpose. I'm hopeless. And when people make that kind of statement, they're going to walk in defeat. You must stop the negative self-talk. I promise you right now. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It's not only what we say to others, but it's how we say it to ourselves. I am loved. I am accepted. I'm valued. I have worth. I'm redeemed. I'm forgiven. I, I, I matter to God. And Jason, how we complete that I am statement will determine whether you walk in victory or whether you walk in defeat. Because it's impossible to ask God to bless you when you're cursing you. I'll never amount to anything. I mean, this is just who I am. I'm an addict. When people make that statement, Butch, even coming to recovery, I, I am an addict. I am just an addict. No, I am redeemed. I'm under the blood of Jesus. I have been made new through Christ Jesus. And so many Hey, I have battled addiction. Great. I am a saint. I am a friend. I am a child of God. It will change your attitude and your perspective. I want to encourage you. When you read Scripture, even as you go through Proverbs, even the epistles and the Gospels, personalize it. Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. I am God's friend. He's taken your sin and nailed it to the cross. You're forgiven. I am forgiven. I am complete. I am being made new in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. My God's going to supply everything I need to walk obediently with a king. I am how you finish it. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And when you speak, not only do you have the ability to say, but you've got the ability to call, which is the ability to identify. You're a beautiful soul. Your life is so purposeful and it has so much value. And that's the reason, like even in parenting, we want to build our kids up. We don't want to give them a false sense of identity. We just don't want to blow smoke at them, but we want to speak words of power and blessing. Rachel, I named you Rachel because your name means little lamb. Nomen est omen in the Latin, it means your name is your destiny. Benjamin, son, your name means son of my right hand. You're my right hand man. You mean everything to me. Jesse, my son, your name means God is. And when I see you, I'm reminded of the sovereignty of God. Hannah, your name means joyful one. And people have said that repeatedly. Man, look at the joy in her. I was in Kansas City. My buddy, Dayton Moore, is the GM. 
for the Kansas City Royals. And while we were there, I had sent him a picture of the night that Hannah got admitted into the Mayo Clinic. She was down to 99 pounds. And there was a picture of her where she's admitted into the hospital. And then I had a picture of about two weeks ago when she was at the beach. And now she's up to 135 pounds. And Dayton was looking at the picture, and he goes, you know why that hasn't, hasn't changed? He said, you know what's obvious in this picture to me? And I said, what? And he said, her smile. She was smiling when she was diagnosed. She was smiling when she was at the beach. I said, Dayton, her name means joyful one, and the joy of the Lord was leaking out of her in sickness and in pleasure. How do you name people? What do you say to them? What do you call them? God said, God called, then God blessed. We edify, we identify, and we can multiply through our words. God blessed and said, be fruitful and multiply. This is powerful to me, that God has given you and I the power to extend life basically in two ways, biologically and verbally. Don't miss it. We understand our sexual ability to be able to reproduce life, but many of us do not understand our ability to reproduce life verbally. Have you ever thought about that? You're made in the image of God. Be fruitful and multiply. And he's not just talking about with offspring biologically. He's talking about how we deal with things verbally. I was reading David Augsburger in his book, Caring Enough to Hear and Be Heard. He said to speak something you value deeply to another person and to have that person value it is the most universal way of demonstrating affection. Speaking a word of blessing, a word of kindness, speaking a pointed word at a crucial time, and having that person value it demonstrates affection. You and I know that chemistry and culture is so dependent upon morale. And when we value each other, and we speak words of blessing on each other, it's almost like the energy in the room explodes. What happened? They just spoke a word of blessing on me. When we do that, man, the other person feels so valued. And the truth is, when you extend grace and love and offer forgiveness to walk through something with somebody else, it creates a surge. It creates great energy for us. And so people are strengthened by the spoken word. And reality is you will feel better physically, mentally, and emotionally yourself when you curse dog and condemn another person. It's rotting away your soul. We know, Brandon, the power of being able to speak a word of blessing. It brings encouragement to not only their day, but it can change their life. Brandy, we know that when you're going through tough times and you've been through chemo and radiation and all, and, and you're wearing 
like head covering because you have no hair. And somebody comes alongside and says, Brandy, I'm so proud of you. You're fighting so well. Stay with it. You're making progress. We're in this with you. But woe is the man who finds himself on an island that has no one to do life with. We're pulling for you. And I use an acrostic called think before you speak. Now, I don't always practice it, but I use it. And when I do practice it, it really does help me. But I promise you this. Here's my problem. Think, T-H-I-N-K. It's what I'm sharing, truthful, helpful. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? I can cross the truth bridge like that. Oh, what I'm saying is the truth. But a lot of times, my truth statement is not helpful for anybody else around me. I'm really just relieving tension to get it off my back. I'll speak the truth, but I don't always speak the truth in love. Now, when I do, it's amazing what happens. But is what I'm sharing truthful? Is what I'm sharing helpful? Is it helping those around me? Is it doing any good for me? Is what I'm sharing inspiring? Is it motivating and building up and leading people toward hope and healing, or is it putting them down? Is what I'm sharing necessary? Because when words are many, sin is not absent. And sometimes people talk so much you don't even hear what they're saying. Is it necessary? And here's the one I usually snag up on. Can I share it kind? Sometimes the matter-of-fact prophet inside of me It gets in the way, and I'm constantly battling flesh patterns. Anybody else struggle with some of those words in the acrostic think? Now, here's something that I want you to think about. Proverbs 25:11 says, "Like apples of gold on a silver setting is a kind word." Spoken in the right circumstance. Like apples of gold. Man, they're delicious. They're filled with nutrients. They're so good for you. So, so Tanya, over the 25 years of knowing you and Benji and your family, God has raised you up to be an encourager. And like apples of gold on a setting of silver is a kind word spoken in the right circumstance, and your ability to breathe life on others in the 25 years of friendship for Barb and I and our family, thank you for being a life breather. And you can keep it or pass it on to someone that you love. Mama Kay, you know I brag on you all the time because you're my girl, but I get texts all the time on Sunday from Mama Kay. She'll send me a note, thank you, son, so much. For that word today. You were preaching it. You were telling the truth. You, you, she sends me stuff like that all the time. I could, I could give it to a variety of people in this room. But just spontaneous, like apples of gold on a setting of silver. It was like, oh, I'm bringing you something special. I'm bringing you something that's going to be nutritional. I'm bringing you something pretty. It was a kind word 
spoke. And Sheila, Marty, you girls know that woman right there speaks life. There's, there's so many people that just speak words of, of life, but Amy has a unique ability of speaking words of life and blessing. Amy, meet me here since I can't cross over this chair. But Amy, I love the way you bless people and the way you encourage people. And when you guys moved Jesse in with y'all a couple of years ago, and I know he's getting ready for college, like apples of gold on a setting of silver is a kind word spoken in the right circumstance. And Kevin and your family know that you do a phenomenal job of blessing other people. Barb, nobody encourages me and loves me and supports me the way you do. You're... you're probably the most effective golden apple in my life. And you do that with me. You do it with our kids. And the reason so many of these kids want to move in and hang out with us and come and eat at the table is because Amanda knows it. Kathy knows it. People know it. So like apples of gold on settings of silver is a kind word spoken in the right circumstance. And you've rubbed off on me a little bit. So, so here's the deal. I could pass out apples. I've only got six, so I've got to use three in each. Okay, so here's the deal. The whole point is this. I went to Hobby Lobby the other day. I didn't have any golden apples, so I bought a golden candle. I bought a little silver platter, and my buddy, I put it in his office. And so when we sat down, I wanted him every time he walked in to see like apples of gold. I've been to Israel. Man, it's delicious. It's rare. On a setting of silver, I mean, it's valued. It's something that's attractive. It's a kind word. Next time you grab a golden apple, golden delicious, and go, like apples of gold, on a setting of silver is a kind word. Word, life and death is in the power of the tongue. James says that you can set something on fire and create all kinds of hell or you can speak life and value. So here's, here's the close for me as we go into a time of just communion and prayer. Study through Proverbs. Proverbs 13.3 thir- 13, and 14.3 both kind of deal with it, but the scripture is replete. But here would be my encouragement as we wrap it up today. What one person has God placed on your heart right now that you know you need to reach out to and encourage? What one person has God placed on your heart right now that you know you spoke words of condemnation and words of shame that devastated and crushed their soul that you need to go to and confess and apologize and repent from? Who? Who is God telling you to reach out to? Who have you hurt? Who do you need to help? This is the introspection for me. What steps do I need to take today that would better allow me to be a choice vessel that can reflect the glory and goodness of God to the world? Who is God telling me to speak words that are creative, powerful, and life-giving to 
today. What words do you use that you know are out of bounds that need to be surrendered at the cross and redeemed by the Lord? Okay, so here's the deal. It's not an evangelistic style message. So much of what we read, it's practical introspection stuff. Your words carry a lot of influence. Your words carry a lot of weight. And AA uses the acrostic halt. When I'm hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, I'm more apt to give into a drink. For a lot of people, when they're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, they're more apt to snap. Lord, redeem my mouth, redeem my tongue, and allow me to speak words of blessing and build up others. It starts with personal surrender to the Lordship of Christ. You can't do it in the flesh. You can't do it in your own strength. Trust me, it is only through radical repentance and surrender that I yield myself to the power of the gospel to the Lordship of Christ, and once the Holy Spirit begins to penetrate and saturate my heart, the Holy Spirit gives me the ability to bless others and reflect the image of God. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. I encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there. Uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website we have old messages and archived series, so you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web, or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.